Welcome, friends. Welcome to our podcast, Mystical Divis. You're here with the Car Sisters. My name is Raman. And my name is Raz. And we are very excited to be having you join us on this beautiful day. Yes. So depending on when this reaches you, I hope it's a beautiful day um, or whatever you're feeling is also valid. Um, Yeah. So Raz, let's get right into it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what this podcast will be and why we're doing this and what our backgrounds are to be facilitating this space. So Raman, what brought you to this podcast? What decisions, what led up to this point where you're like, this is what I want to do? I love that we're diving right into that. I feel like the reason why I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while now, I just know that it wasn't ready to come into fruition until now, but it's been about on my list of things to explore for about three years now. And and yeah, so for me, I feel like we live in a society that invests a lot in um, spiritual forgetfulness. And I feel that now is the time to remember who we truly are at the core of our humanity and really bring our divinity deep, deep, deep into our bodies using all types of mindfulness-based mental health practices. And I think it's time for those of us who are awakened or are continuing to awaken on our, our journey towards this, not towards, it's just becoming, uh, you know, undoing all of the programming and just becoming and being who we are. And it sounds like a linear process, but it's not. And I think now is the time for light workers and people who want to share their heart to put out great content because like I said earlier, we invest a lot in fragmentation and I want to invest in building more harmony, um, you know, bringing to people healing modalities and conversations and energies that are nourishing to the soul. So for me, this is a platform where people can come and receive nourishment, some insight, some truth, some wisdom from our perspective, our humble perspective. And if this inspires anybody um, at all in even the smallest percentage, it would mean uh, the world. And and yeah, so that's where I'm, I'm here. And back to you, Raz. So why have you decided to venture on this podcast with me? Well, I'm a great talker. <laughs> That's something that I've, um, well, yeah, it's something that I've always been a bit, a bit of a icebreaker person my, yeah, whole, yeah. my whole entire life. So I feel like this is something that I've really wanted to do for a couple of years now as well. And it's kind of, because I believe that it, my answer pertains to the reason why I feel like our society doesn't really share. Like we kind of like face our battles in silence or face them behind closed doors. And a lot of the, the things that are going around in our society right now, um, are, are quite scary. And I feel like we don't talk about it. And if we do talk about it, sometimes we don't know the right things or there, there's no right or wrong, but we don't really 
tackle the problems that I feel um, kind of get down to the to the authenticity of it. So there's kind of like an authentic factor, authenticity mm-hmm. factor that's missing from mm-hmm. a lot of our um, our discussions. So I wanted to do this podcast to be very raw and authentic myself so I can bring that from myself like to kind of reflect that myself and have maybe you know even if it helps one person mirror that back to me that would be amazing and if we can all kind of just um step into that into that authentic part of our lives and that rawness and and you know kind of just realize that there's solidarity that there is no silent battles and that there aren't any lone battles that we're we're in it together. And I so, love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's so important to know that we are not alone. And I think forming communities online or seeing, you know, other people resonate or um, speak a similar truth is so inspiring and healing. And I love that. Like we're not alone in this, um, even though at the core of it, we're facing things alone, but there are other folks in it with us. And I think it's beautiful to have community to reflect yourself. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of ties back into like the collective consciousness and how we can help raise that. So that's exactly what I guess I was trying to say that I would want to do this podcast because of to well to help raise collective consciousness and and I feel like where we if we build a platform where you know we can share and others can share we can learn we can teach you know so it's like a yeah. symbiotic relationship basically right and find uh, other folks you know yes, interview yes. folks who can teach us a few things too mm-hmm. um, yeah so I wanted to go back to what does it mean for you to shift the collective consciousness. I know exactly what you're talking about, but just for a few viewers who may not know, um, who may be new to their spiritual journey, what does that mean to you? So raising collective consciousness kind of goes into, it ties back into the aware state. Most of us are operating from a state of existence, and so have I, and I've it's years and years of, I'm 24, so it's years and years of programming where, um, you know, a lot of my life, majority of my life has been spent in the unconscious state. I've been a part of um, the collective that's kind of desynthesized to their emotions, their, their problems, their, um, their, um, their, their struggles and their happiness. It's like kind of like numbness almost. And so what I really want to do is kind of kind of bring that unaware state to the aware state Mm -hmm. and raising collective consciousness ties back to how can we all consciously rise up how can we help our brothers and sisters and folks out there who are living in a way that they're just existing and how can we utilize fully this human experience and how we can step into that divinity and to that sacredness that we had millennials, m- millennia ago, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, and it kind of like the ancient times, bring back that ancient wisdom right. into our, you know, day and age. Right. And I think that's what radical loving 
is, like that whole thing that you're talking about, you know, when our love is deep and masterful and awakened and conscious of what it's putting out in the world, I think it's a powerful and revolutionary act to be loving in that way and compassionately putting out information in that way. Um, And we have been asleep to our spiritual heritage for ages. And I think our greatest chance of awakening lies in awakening together with each other. So like collective consciousness. Yeah, Yeah, right. So I really think that's super important is that, you know, now is the time to come together in community and awaken together. So I would really like to ask you, Raman, as yeah. my sister, as I don't know this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would like to know when did your journey begin? And yeah, maybe we can kind of just go off on, on that question. Right. Like you can go first. So when did my journey begin? Yes. Um, I know. Now for the not so polished answers. <laughs> so um, I feel like I've always been a very spiritually, you know, inclined, um, child, you know, I've always been tuned into vibrations that like, I feel like I couldn't quite explain, um, some phenomenons like growing up, you know, I've told you several times, I, I felt like I've lived before that I've had previous lifetimes. I would go up to my mom and share lifetimes and stuff with her. And I just felt like this body that I was in, was so beautiful, but I've had several lifetimes like living in this way. And I remember being like a little girl and thinking I've been a princess and I've been, you know, all of these different things. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Or believing in fairies. Um, and at first I just thought it was my creativity. Um, but you know, when I've lost in touch with that, which was like, you know, in middle school and high school going into college, you know, it just, I was like living in a very disenchanted place and not really believing in the, the beauty and the magic of the world. So I feel like that's where my, where my spiritual awakenings that happen, usually when you're not paying attention happened, <laughs> you know, cause before as a child, it was easier to tap into those realms and to tap into that magic and be in the forest and feel like that little princess fairy. Um, and, and, you know, and really be in that. However, I feel like, especially as women growing up, like you learn all kinds of different things, you know? And I feel like, especially in the culture we grew up in, I learned to suppress myself and suppress my femininity actually, and, uh, suppress even like everything about me so I can mold into what my, essentially what my parents wanted. And I experienced a lot of trauma in that. Um, so I feel like my real, even though we're also always spiritual and having those awakenings, but my very conscious spiritual awakening actually happened when I was, um, 20, 20, 21. And it was when I was in college, um, I was drinking too much. I was partying too much. And I remember I wasn't feeling well in my body at all, you know, and, and it was, it had, it took something really drastic as like receiving pain in my body. And, you know, at the times it was like shingles, you know, and at the age of 21, which the doctors were so surprised, like, why would you get shingles? Usually people who are very stressed out and 
older get that, but I was in so much stress that my body reacted like that. And that's when I realized that maybe I need to stop drinking. And it was the first time I, like college was the first time I ever touched alcohol, but it was like, you know, being away from home, being away from that, like I said, that suppression. Then I went into like the extreme, the other extreme of it where I thought I needed to do all of that, you know? Um, and it wasn't that bad, I think, but when you're in it and it impacts your body at that level, it's like I was suppressing some sort of trauma with it, you know, and numbing myself. Yeah, I feel like every everything, every trauma and every um, experience is valid. So it, it is, it's very, even though you might have not thought it was that big of a deal at that moment, I, I think that it has profound effect on your body and mind. Right, absolutely. And I've always... um had an interest in psychology and becoming like, you know, some sort of like offering mindfulness, spiritual sort of therapeutic practice. So I think when I first received that news that I might have shingles and I was thinking, what the heck? Like I'm, I'm, I was healthy and all of a sudden I'm feeling so unhealthy and tired all the time and depressed. I was extremely depressed and anxious and having thoughts that weren't really, they weren't healthy, you know, and it was pretty bad. And I wasn't sharing that with anybody. And so at that moment in time, I knew something needed to shift. So I cut back on the alcohol I started shifting my diet and it took about a year for me to finally get a hang of it. And, um, but then I fell off that wagon again, coming close to, you know, senior year of college right before I graduated. And then again, I go into the doctor's office because I had the same type of pain and they thought at this time that it might be MS, you know, and when they were, um, wanting to do a spinal tap, that's when I was like, this was created by my thoughts. And it was created by me not eating well, by me not going outside in nature because senior year was so stressful for me. I was applying to so many grad schools um, or I was in the process of applying to so many grad schools. And also I wanted to go to the best schools. So I was in the, you know, I was so stressed out trying to, you know, get really high test scores And I remember it just took, it just wrecked a havoc on my body. And so I remember that like, it was such a challenging time, but I also knew when I had the shingles and I ate right and I did everything that, you know, basically mom and dad would tell us, you know, even growing up or our grandparents shared with us like, Hey, read the mantras, you know? Uh, practice the nod, which means the sound current. So going back to the roots, basically, right? Yeah. Going back to the the Sanskrit roots. Yeah, right, because it took me back to that time when I was in India. You know, when we spent two and a half, Raz and I spent like two and a half years in India um, immersing ourselves into like beautiful, deep, rich, like Indian culture in northern India. And we went to like almost every Sikh temple, Hindu temple. Yeah, definitely. I remember yeah. that. So I remember like when I, you know, when the doctor told me that I might have like multiple sclerosis, but she wasn't sure. She said it's, pl- it's preliminary, you know, that's like worst case scenario, but what you're describing might be that. 
And um, so I didn't go in for the spinal tap because intuitively, like I said, I've always had that intuition and it was finally like coming back. And I, I was having these very intuitive psychic dreams at the time. And I was like, fuck, all I need to do is change my diet, you know, kind of zone out the toxicity around me in terms of people, foods, um, you know, all kinds of junk, just like eliminate that, go out in nature and do all that. And that was before any of this was trendy. I just wanted to feel better. And that's when I realized like, like a month into like juicing and, uh, you know, going back to yoga, which I used to do as a child with my mom all the time, but going back to yoga, like really helped me balance my body. And I would say the that was my conscious spiritual awakening um, because I remember a very vivid afternoon when I was sitting after a yoga session and I was sitting on the mat and I just had tears, tears of joy, happiness, sorrow that I've like kept inside, just like bawling my eyes out and realizing this is what I wanted to feel, you know, this connection. Um, but yeah, and after that, I feel like there were several um, other experiences, like experiencing the death of my grandfather, Papaji. He was so close to me, uh, Gurmil Singh. And, you know, experiencing his death was also a catalyst. Um, so was my grandmother's death um, on my father's side. That was a huge catalyst as well, because she would come into my dreams and share with me that, hey, like, get your life together because you're going to be in line to clear all the stuff. And I was like, what the heck? Why is she coming into my dreams like this? And, um, and yeah, and then that was also followed by my experiences with deeper, going deeper into Kundalini Yoga, Hatha Yoga, uh, our Indian Ayurvedic therapies, um, and ayahuasca and uh, a lot of plant medicines. So I'll stop there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so Raz, yeah, you go. Good flow there. Good flow, yeah. Yes. I know, I'm so sorry. I like speaking too much. No, no. Well, that's why we have a podcast, right? Right, <laughs> right. Well, not to apologize. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I would say that... Yes. What about you, Raz? Yes. So I've always been... Uh, and intu- an, an intuitive child, as, as you, you know, said you were as well. I Both remember the, one of the earliest memories that I had of um, my depression had to be, you know, when I was in second grade and I was in the restroom mixing like bleach and, and Ajax and all these strange things because I was going to drink it and you walked wow. in on me. And yeah, you like so slapped it out of my hand. And I remember kind of just thinking, it's not that I want to die. It's just that I don't want to live. And I was in second grade. So I, I don't know what age that would be, like seven. And I just remember thinking, this isn't normal. I'm a right. seven, eight-year-old. Well, how, however old you are in second grade. Um and I, and I feel like now looking back to it, it definitely has to do with the cultural trauma and the familial trauma Emotion. and emotional, basically, d- like, 
trauma that, that, well, all types of trauma, basically. Everything that came into play and kind of cooked up this, this term called a Brompton cocktail of emotions. And I was very obviously, like you said, suppressed by mom and dad in lots of ways. It's not that they chewed like willingly or knew what they were doing. Um, it's just the way they had learned. So a lot of intergenerational trauma there. And on top of that, it was a lot of, you know, um, things that were passed on from you as well, because, you know, we're, we were traumatically bonding as well. And so a lot of just things that were added onto that. And I was not the happiest child with my relationships. By myself, I was very, very happy. Like I would, you know, sit there and have magical worlds playing in my head about Harry Potter, Yu-Gi-Oh! And, you know, just like carry on these stories. By myself, I had a lot of magic and and um, fun, you know, playing with myself and just like coming up with these amazing universes. So I think that the first thing I, I remember is the fact that I was heavily wounded as, as a child. And the second was that when I got introduced to, you know, um, ancient Egypt, that's when I knew, okay, I've lived before. When I was in India, I knew also culturally because we believe in past lives too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just knew, you know, and I come from like a Punjabi Sikh background. So, Sasrikal Dosto. What's up? Yeah, Sasrikal Kimmel. And so that's always been really um, a very beautiful culture and a very um, repressed culture as well. So I was had this beautiful side of the yoga and the mindfulness and the meditation, um, meditation practices. And like the delicious food and the nourishing food. But at the same time, I had this deep, deep, dark trauma and repression that I carried along. And and so that always was with me. I always felt ostracized because I couldn't share the level of crazy that my family was. (laughs) And, you know, it, it, it was it. You place like you kind of feel like you're alone. So a lot of that was me alone fighting it up until I met one of my really close friends at the time and then we would sit there and we would just talk about is it does it being Indian isn't that an amazing experience (laughs) sarcastically yeah it's it's intense it's it really is and when we talk about trauma it's like you know we were we were conditioned to be these very sweet docile sort of uh girls and we weren't that (laughs) yeah I mean I think that it was that we were trying to be um told to be that way because I know I fought tooth and nail to not be anything but that so instead of you know being hyper feminine I would go into being like a tomboy so I would do everything my dad would say and so then it was another level of um shutting my 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 feminine side off and stepping more into the masculine so it was it so there was a lot there was a lot going on and i just remember that i always believed in the law of attraction and i remember raman and i would watch the psychic sylvia brown yeah. <laughs> martel <laughs> we were we were like in our um what were what were we like 10 no, no i was I, like I, I was 10 yeah. and you were like 
15, 14. Yeah. yeah, we were like meditating there, trying to have like these transcendental experiences. Yeah, <laughs> we would sit there and like yeah. do spells and be like, oh, let's see if we can do this, like yeah. if we can make this all work. And yeah. so it was something that definitely was a part of my experience. So I feel like the law of attraction really opened me up into yeah. my spirituality because then I knew, hey, there was something and I was always very agnostic, so I really, what my parents tried to, um, you know, they're, they're traditionally sick, and I would always contest them because I thought it was the religion that was trying to suppress me, not the culture. Yeah. And so for a very long time, even though I knew the mantras, even though I would sit there and do the moon mantra every night, like, I would still contest it, and I remember fighting like my parents off like saying I don't believe in God I don't believe in this and I remember getting slapped by (laughs) my best friend and my sister being like no you have to believe in God and I remember thinking no I I really just don't know wait who was that now yeah you too (laughs) you would do that too you'd be like what you wouldn't believe me but yeah, Nav. One time, Nav slapped me. It was not like yeah, a hard just slap. Yeah, like, she did. But she she <laughs> did. So you funny. Know, she tried yeah. to wake me up into consciousness. I guess. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but yeah, it was it was an interesting thing because I would sit there and I would kind of contest a lot um, about the things that I always questioned what was given to me. But I realized the one thing that felt very true to me was something that. <laughs> A belief where you believe in yourself and within you there's God and goddess. Yes. So we always believed in God and goddess. So we always knew that was something that we believed in. So I was very quickly turned to the idea that there is a God and there is a goddess. And I believe in this law of manifestation. Right. So from that, I kept, you know, growing and, you know, like you said, going to college, you were, you went off to New York to Columbia and I would, I stayed, you know, here in state for college. And I remember that was the first, you know, real time where I was by myself, like completely away from family. And, you know, like you said, it could be very daunting and I would kind of fall into these patterns of drinking and, and just doing things that I wasn't supposed really, I feel like (laughs) wanted to, or, you know, question, because there was also a pressure from, from society to, to drink and to live out your college years and everything. So I feel like that's when it normalizes Mm -hmm. the, uh, the abuse of of alcohol, which, um, a lot of people don't think that it is, it's, but it's a, it's abuse of that. It's an addiction really. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's there are healthy ways to, to do it, but I, I definitely realized that I was not being healthy when I was drinking, and yeah. I know the things that came into my head, and it just kind of catapulted my depression into different levels. I feel like I was never clinically um, labeled depressed. I never had any, um, like, diagnosis on that, but I knew I right. was depressed at different various points yeah. of my life, so... That I think helped me build empathy yeah. along the way, and here we are. I guess that yeah. was the beginning of our journey, 
Right. That's like the short, um, the short, the short version, version actually. <laughs> Cause you know, and you know, um, just to be fair to our mother and father, we have a great relationship oh, yes, with yes, them yes. now, but, um, you know, due to the culture, um, we are still working on a lot yeah. of cultural sort of, uh, ideas and programmings that are still existing. I mean, uh, you know, luckily they do live near us, but it's it's still a challenge, you know, yeah. to to work on that. And so, if there are any uh, first or second generation, you know, um, hang in there. Yeah, it's, you can do it. Right, right. So you know, it, it's challenging. It really is. Even though, like I always speak about this with my clients and with my students. I don't know if Raz and I have mentioned our professions, but um, Raz is a clinical therapist in training. And I've already graduated with my master's in clinical psychology and a clinical psycho- a spiritual psychology program. And um, yeah, so I provide spiritual counseling. Um, I don't know if we want to go into that or do we want to wrap um, up? Into- just, to, just to go back to mom yeah. and dad. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like it's very dualistic for us to all be like, oh, this relationship's good. This relationship is bad. I Like Raman said, we're always constantly working on all relationships. And I guess the beautiful thing is both all relationships do hold all qualities. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I guess whoever needs to hear it out there, you know, your relationships with any particular individual in your life could be rocky, but I think the point is to make sure that you are safe, that you are nourished, and that you are giving that to yourself. And, um, you know, I guess family will always be family, but, you know, always focus on yourself and your own healing. But also, you know, I feel like for in our case, we have a beautiful relationship with our parents that we're still always working on as well. So yeah. that's not to... Yeah. Um, not to say that it's always going to be the greatest or it's always going to be problematic, but yeah. it's just there. So yeah. it is what it is. Right. And it's pretty beautiful. Right. And it's, you know, it's beautiful in the sense that like, it helped me grow so much as a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to develop so much patience, compassion, but first of all, I needed to call a spade a spade, right? Mm-hmm. I needed to call the trauma a, a trauma And I think sometimes in this new age, which I'm not, I don't think I'm a part of the new age spirituality because that doesn't define me. My culture, our religion is not new age, even though I don't feel like I'm religious, but we culturally do come from these traditions. Um, And I just want to say that like the new age sort of community allows us to believe that it's all love and light and there's no duality. And I just want to put that out there, um, that the process of our spiritual awakening is usually met by a lot of trials and tribulations. And that's part of the journey. We can't be attached to the bliss. And, you know, um, and I try not to be attached to the sorrow either. I just flow with it. And um, it took years to come to that place. You guys, you guys, like I was very much in, oh my God, it's so love and light. It's so positive all the freaking time. And it's not, you know? Um, and yeah, so it's just, you know, for us, the triggering, the spiritual awakening and triggering did happen within the family unit and the family dynamics, you know? And we've, we've constantly worked on our relationship and our relationship with our parents because for us it was it mattered it it mattered and it fit well into our lives um 
but yeah, it's always it's always good to take care of yourself. And I couldn't have said it per- more perfectly what the than what you had put that. Um, so yeah, so what do you want to go into our background, or would you ha- do you have anything else to add? Um, no, you said it well. Yeah. Okay, so. What do we do? Who are we? Who are the mystics? <laughs> Who are these mystical, mystical. sisters? <laughs> Sister babies. Yeah. Um, okay, so would you like to start off or should I? You know, you go for it. Okay, so I am Raz Car, <laughs> And I am starting, well, I'm a first year in my clinical therapist um, program at the University of Southern California, so... Go Trojans, fight, fight, fight on. (laughs) And I was drawn to this particular program because, first of all, I feel like I hold a lot of empathy in my heart. And being a therapist, you have to have a lot of empathy, but I also believe that to have an understanding of the human mind and the way that it works and to have your if your spirituality whatever that may be it's like a superpower it's like two you know the intellectual and the mystical connects like it's mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful um you know experience to see that so that's something that I was just like okay I really want to do this program because of that and before that even without education and without the accolades I feel like I have always been as authentic as I can be. And in lots of points in my life, that was very hard to do because I was constantly criticized and judged, whether it be in my own family or in high school or in college where I faced like just borderline bullying. And it was because I feel like I was just myself and it was... I, I guess I just triggered a lot of um, folks to to bring aside well to bring out a side of them that that wasn't maybe um, the best and it, of me as well because I triggered myself and the nasty sides of me to come out the shadow side to come out so I feel like I really have been doing trauma work like the moment I started breathing (laughs) almost because intergenerationally I feel like our lineage has been rooted in this deep feminine pain and so it's something so yeah it was like a lot of deep rooted feminine pain and I feel like for a very long time I suppressed this feminine energy within me. And I remember saying at multiple points of my life, hey, I wish I was a boy instead, because then life would be easier. And I remember that it was very hurtful, because it took years and years of un- of deep, like unprogramming, sorry, excuse me, deep programming to um, be at the spot that I am right now, and I'm still working on it. And so I feel like why I'm qualified to do this work with um, women, children, families, whoever it may be, is because in in my in my current state, I feel like I've seen the dark night of the soul within me, 
and I've seen the the all I know we're going to go into very different topics but the past life versions of me and I've seen what type of an asshole I was back in my past life the warrior energy that I carry and how destructive it can be because sometimes I'm not thinking about um fighting for the light I sometimes go into you know a deeper version of my my shadow especially my shadow masculine so yeah I feel like I'm very qualified in that way where I've um I guess I don't I shouldn't use very well qualified terms as in you know as it as it's like a she is qualified like as if it's a job she is qualified and you have so many hours of doing this work (laughs) yeah so that that's I guess we'll come to it as as the the things as the episodes roll on but that's what I have to say for now okay so what was the question again I was paying attention (laughs) so where what are the um I guess the spiritual accolades and the and the 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 uh, accolade side of it. Yeah, side <laughs> okay. Of it. So um, people know they're in great hand here. Yes, they are. Um, I went to UC Irvine for my undergrad. Zot zot zot. And um, and yeah, so my journey started off very early studying human behavior um, and studying psychology. I was so interested in the mystical and the psychological, and somehow in my mind they were very much the same, you know, and they were, uh, they came together. However, the, the sciences didn't believe that. (laughs) And I think I always felt like this, this desire of like, how do I connect the two? But in my head, I knew that they connected somehow. I just didn't know how to verbalize it. And um, so, yeah, I graduated from UC Irvine and then went on to uh, graduate school at Columbia University at Teachers College. And um, and yeah, it was I, I met so many profound, beautiful psychotherapists, uh, doctors, healers uh, through my academic program. Um, which we've learned all types of therapies, even though um, I was mainly uh, focused on the spiritual side of it. Um, we had other trainings and, you know, like we discussed everything from like cognitive behavioral theories to like, um, uh, psychoanalytic to narrative to like everything Jungian. Um, and we applied a lot of those theories onto different cases and, and stories and, and what have you. And, um, but yeah, in the program, there was this beautiful soul, Dr. Lisa Miller, who I really connected with, and Dr. Manaham, Sam Manaham. And they really, really inspired me to own this spiritual sort of um, counselor, spiritual, like really dive into this realm with psychology. Um, and yeah, so it was very profound and I feel like I've learned a lot and I did go into traditional nine to five, um, practicing these things, but I realized the environment was so toxic for me because I felt like people were being misdiagnosed, um, and unaware and, and, just a lot of things were happening just because of the bureaucracies and the system, like the systemic side of it, you know, it's like, it was just so, um, 
horrible to watch because I feel like I've always been sensitive and I realized uh, many of the folks I was working with weren't getting um, the type of mental health care that they needed, Um, but they were just being mistreated. And I'm not saying this to blame anyone, but I think it's the system really. And, um, and I tried, you know, to even get into like a school-based mental health. Like maybe I thought like, oh, it's better working with kids, um, and, or teenagers. And it was just as bad, you know, just watching all of that. Um, and, and just seeing how negatively actually, uh, some of this was impacting some of the kids. Um, yeah, so I feel like I went to that nine to five route and then I explored more of um, energy healing, more of yoga, um, more sound healing very early on actually in my program just because I was meeting a lot of professors who were um, connecting me with like channelers, you know, who were... Yeah, spiritual psychologists who were, uh, you know, sending me over to like a woman who channeled Archangel Michael, Diana Munez, and um, she was so beautiful. And she was, I, I think I was like 24 at the time, and now I'm 29. Oh my gosh, nearing my 30s. Oh man, late 20s. Here, here we are. Um, and I remember like sitting with Dr. Munez and she guided me through, um, connecting with my spiritual guides, which I always felt they were there. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, that was back in the day. That was back in the day. But with, with this, uh, particular session, like I really felt my spirit guides and this was like pre ayahuasca or anything, you know, and I, and my visions were were very profound and then I met this beautiful Reiki master teacher um uh Maria or no Mariola Mariola (laughs) Mariola she uh lives in I think it was Greenwich was it yeah it was somewhere in New York Bushwick Bushwick maybe I'll have to, I'll have to recheck that, but, um, somewhere in New York. And I remember going to her and she was just like, you are supposed to full blown go into your spirituality and you're combining psych- psychology and the spirit realm together. And I got chills where I would cry after every session I'd had with her because it felt so real. And I knew that's exactly what I needed to get into. Um, And yeah, so it's just, I have had such an interesting journey just because I don't um, practice traditional psychotherapy. Uh, Mine is more of, you know, diving into the mind, body, spirit, and counseling from that aspect of it. I don't like to attach myself too much to Western psychology, um, even though I respect it. Um, I just don't feel drawn to it in that way. But however, I do you know, use some of those theories, um, that I was taught in my program. Um, and yeah, so I do all kinds of healing work, um, with connecting people with their uh, higher selves, uh, with Reiki energy healing, helping them tune into their higher teacher, their higher healer. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's you see I, I love I love having these conversations because then you know you 
I was just like, wow, that's so amazing, you know, seeing your journey and you realize how amazing and how unique each person's journey can be. And we're sisters, you know, yeah, and how we right. both got into it. Yeah. And yeah. So do would you want to talk a little bit about our relationship and how we are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. OK, so we have been each other's greatest teachers growing up and yeah. we decided to do this together because we realized that we're like yin and yang and we're like really, um, really good at bringing each other's best qualities out. And the worst. <laughs> Let's not forget that. And the worst. It that. took years, years to like come to this. I mean, we were always, you know, we were always, always best, friends. best friends, but to get to a healthy mm-hmm. connection, a healthy yeah friendship, sisterhood, and to embrace all of who Raz is and all of, and for you to, you know, accept and embrace all of who I am. It, it took a lot of like, um, honestly, psychology, understanding psychology, understanding that, you know, um, I have my own process. She has her own and we need to love each other sometimes from afar and sometimes together. And, um, and I really feel like Raz is in a beautiful, beautiful relationship with this amazing, he's my brother, Alex, and I feel like he really, truly helped um, take my journey to like understanding you better because I feel like he's such a powerful, divine, masculine energy in your life and I respect and love him so much for being there for you. So I really honestly feel like he brought us together too by like, you know, flying me out for your birthday sometimes. And I thought that was amazing that this guy would go to that length for us to just spend time together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about him soon too. Yeah. Yeah. We have to have him here one day, but, um, yeah, I feel like we've had such a, I would just say we've had such a beautiful really like journey and relationship we've kind of, you know, we're, we're like four and a half years apart and we're, we've, been each other's best friends and maybe even worse critics at times, you know, because yeah. we've always wanted the the best for each other. And sometimes we probably didn't know what the, that meant, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like with us, um, we're still really trying to discover how to keep speaking each other's language and how, how to, how to be there for each other. And I think right. that our relationship is one that, um, that like is honestly, I think like my, one of my greatest loves in this life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. I feel like, you know, I work a lot with women and, um, and I realize how important the sisterhood is. And I think for us, that's, what's really kept it together is, Mm -hmm. is that sister like bond. And I really think that sister bond is why most women are exploring on this planet now too, of coming together in sisterhood. And that's honestly what my work has morphed into now is like group healing circles. I hold a lot of workshops for women, um, and goddess circles, sister, sacred sister circles. Um, so we can come together in that, that, that divine light and beauty. So, yeah. Yeah, so I guess this is a great segue into us talking about what, now that you've known who we are, now you know who we are, and what we have done so far in the past, 
And now we'd like to introduce you to some of the topics that we'll be talking about um, on this podcast. So we have a lot of, you know, things with sacred sexuality and um, because we've realized one of the things that aren't that isn't talked about a lot um, in our society is what is sacred sex? Yeah. How do you um, go into that intimate space with someone and how do you um, prep yourself to fully open up your heart Heart, and your mind and your body to someone who's new and so that's something that we would also like to talk about and that's usually because um you know as women I feel like a lot of women don't feel completely in their bodies um you know because a lot of our time is spent floating our spirit is floating above the body so a lot of uh the practices that I teach is how to embody um yourself embody your spirit So that's another one. And mental health, obviously, is a great topic that we definitely need to address, especially um, the stigmas and the the spiritual science behind depression and anxiety, because we already know the psychological effects. So, you know, to know about the the spiritual effects could be very profound for individuals, the energetics, and um, definitely about Ayurveda therapies. Talk yeah. more about this. My sister loves this too. Yeah. So, so much about Ayurveda and how it could help us find balance within our mind, body, and spirit and bring about that wholeness in our life. Um, also, I wanted to mention that going back to the energetics to really help you tune into what it feels like to create a boundary or what I like to use as a fortress, like how to create that fortress. Um that protects your energy, especially if you're an empath sensitive or very, you know, um, psychically attuned. Yeah. And another topic that we will be definitely talking about going off of, um, like energy is like energy healing, Reiki practices, how to, you know, keep up your, uh, your spiritual, um, how to, how to keep up your spiritual maintenance, how to make sure that your energy is protected. Right. And uh, we'll have beautiful guests, you know, sometimes coming in and discussing that too. I have um, beautiful Native American elders who have uh, really helped me tune into the shamanic energetic practices. So I would love to bring in the elders from um, the Lakota tribe that I've met, um, the Apache tribe that I've met, and really talk about their gifts and their um, sacredness and blessings to the land and how that connects to our to mother earth and um, the energy field around our body and obviously i would love to talk and dive into ayurvedic therapies like kundalini yoga hatha yoga and how raz and i grew up in the kundalini lineage actually um sorry about that that was a little thing and um and yeah so we are Super excited to talk about that. Roz, do you want to mention more? Yeah. So just a couple to list off would be um, definitely divine masculine and feminine energy. Our own Indian American experience elaborated. Um, Many secrets regarding extraterrestrials and, you know, the fun mystic conversations, which, you know, we grew up learning and and experiencing lots with fairies and and multi-dimensional spaces timeline jumping and just things that if you're whatever you're interested in as well because we would love the for the viewers to drop um 
you know, conversation points down right. as well. Right. And I'll have like a, a few of my plant medicine uh, folks come in and talk a little bit about that because that was such a profound experience in my life um, to connect with beautiful plant teachers and earth medicine um, and definitely talk a little bit about starseed ET experiences. We, Raz and I, have had um, an interesting experience in terms of that that we would love to explore. And anything else, like, you know, we also want to answer questions. Like, if you guys have any questions, if they're personal, we we love to get personal and authentic. <laughs> like, we're not, I mean, I used to be very nervous about sharing myself and really put my, putting myself out there, but I think now is the time to share. And if it helps um, anyone gain clarity at all, I would love to do so. So please ask us any relevant questions. Yeah, so let's talk about sex. Let's talk about aliens. Let's talk about timeline jumping. Let's talk about experiences, multicultural experience. Let's talk about interracial uh, interracial couples. Let's talk about periods. Let's yeah. talk about it all. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I love that you added interracial couples because Raz is in a beautiful relationship again <laughs> with my soul brother, Alex. We always like to give him a shout out because he's always been one of the biggest supporters of this. And he's a real one. Yeah. And so I would really like to thank the, all the sacred masculine support that we've been receiving for this. And, and all my sisters, we love you all. So yeah, a lot of juicy, juicy, juicy topics. And we will really be getting personal, <laughs> deep and personal. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think we're coming to a close and we are very excited and we would love to hear any feedback, questions, comments. Please, please, please reach out and please support us. We would love to keep doing this and yeah, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And I guess it really matters if you leave a review for us on iTunes, apparently. (laughs) So I guess, guess, right? So if you feel like you gained anything of value, uh, of value in this conversation, we would love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, concerns, anything, um, we're open to it. And also we're just really excited, you know, to put this content out there. And yeah, so this is our introductory episode, and we are now signing off the Mystic God Davies. The Mr. Card Davies. And we hope you're having a beautiful day. We love you, everyone. And just to say, I love you in Hindi and Punjabi. You go first, Raz. How do you say? I don't know. How would you say? I just say I love you. Yeah, <laughs> just to get kind of international. All right, signing off, guys. We love you. Bye. Okay, bye. Namaste.